Greetings to everyone at one of our HCPN regionals. We're meeting in 10 locations throughout Greater Houston today as we gather with pastors, planters, and other leaders to strengthen relationships with one another, pray together, and discuss and strategize how to strategically plant churches and really see the gospel penetrate every nook and cranny of our city. I'm joined today on Zoom with Dr. Winfield Bevins. Winfield is a recognized author. He's an artist. He's a teacher, church planter, and speaker who we actually had it speak at HCPN at one of our gatherings all the way back in January of 2016. Uh, Winfield, I can't believe it's been seven years uh, that, that long. Uh, we need to get you back here. Uh, Winfield is also the director of the Asbury Center for Church Multiplication. Winfield, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Hey, Chad, it's great to be here with you. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for your contributions to church planning, but that's not what I want to talk to you directly about today. Um, something is stirring in Wilmore, Kentucky, and through social media, it seems like everyone is talking about Asbury right now and the revival, the awakening, or, or whatever seems to be happening. And it does seem like something is definitely happening right now. Uh, what started as a regular chapel service now has people showing up from literally all over the world. And with that, sharing their commentary and experience online, uh, which I've seen tends to fit into one of three buckets. They're celebrating it, they're cautioning it, or they're critiquing it. Uh, personally, I'm excited for what I've seen and would rather be hopeful than cynical. Uh, Winfield, from your perspectives, perspective, give us an idea of how things have unfolded there at Asbury the past few weeks and, and with it maybe to what level you feel comfortable, your own personal experience and, and takeaways. Yeah, no, um, you know, I'm kind of coming at it as somebody who, you know, Wilmore's like a little one horse town. There's like a red light, you know, we had you here a few years ago. Um, so it's not Houston. <laughs> And, um, you know, so my perspective is someone who lives here, works here. I'm a resident. My daughter is a freshman at the university. So I have that perspective as well. Um, you know, I, I kind of experienced it kind of at ground zero Wednesday. I got a text. I was actually supposed to do a performance interview with my assistant. And she texted me and said, hey, there's something going on in the chapel. I'm skipping the, you know, the, the review and you need to come over here and pray. And I, so I walked across the street. I mean, literally it's like two minutes across the street and um, the place was maybe a quarter full, but it was, there was an immediate sense of God's presence. As soon as you walked in the sanctuary, and it was, all, it was almost like, um, some people have been using the language of outpouring, you know, is it a revival, renewal, or an outpouring? Um, it was like just this outpouring of the Spirit. As soon as you walked in the uh, the auditorium, you could just, there was an overwhelming sense of God's presence. Um, the analogy I would give uh, was almost like the Lord was just raining down His holiness and purity on 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 that generation gen z i mean students were weeping there was just worship and so the worship just was ongoing and then they would pause and invite people to come up and testify there would be altar calls for people to come and give their life to christ and um so i was really involved with altar ministry i went immediately down to the front because there weren't enough people to pray with the kids and so probably for the first four days, uh, I spent hours uh, in there just praying with hundreds of people, and I, I've i never experienced anything like it. Um, I know the leaders of it. I know the, the 
chaplain is my daughter's best friends with the dean of the chapels. They, uh, you know, uh, his daughter rooms with my daughter. I know these people, Chad. Um, these are good people. Yeah. Nobody manufactured this. It wasn't worked up. Now, today, I mean, this has been on national news. So, you know, there's thousands of people waiting to get in. So I, you know, my perspective might be a little different now, but those first few days, it really felt like a genuine outpouring of of just God's grace, mercy, and love upon young young people. And the young people of our nation need this. And so, yeah, I, I could go on, but I'll, I'll kind of pause there for you. No, I, I mean, I, I love that, man. It's cool to, uh, hey, I walked across the street to see what was happening. So that's, I appreciate your perspective and uh, just being being right there. And, and Personally, I'm thankful for the way I've seen this stewarded by the leadership there at Asbury and uh, really grateful uh, for you all that are leading there. Um, I took a class on spiritual awakenings, and actually one of the revivals we talked about in that class was that Asbury revival of 1970, which I think also had its beginnings in February of that year. Yeah. And I remember my professor for that class, he had studied extensively that one and actually did his master's thesis on how then that spread to other places. So I was yeah. kind of looking over my notes from that class, pulled them up, and they were, I remember saying, it said they were able to document where it went to 130 other colleges and seminaries that were touched by that Asbury revival. And as I was reading more about it, it said one of the biggest takeaways about that revival was reading yeah. how it created a new burden for evangelism. And I think that time Asbury had like a thousand students, I think like 70, 60, 70% of them dedicating themselves to like witnessing groups and gospel proclamation then seemed to kind of create this ripple effect of evangelism in other places. So I know time's going to tell what is if what is happening now is similar to 1970, but curious if you see any early indications as how it might be similar or different. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the interesting things, Chad, is I'm in a discipleship group with um, three kind of older leaders. We're in a kind of this little uh, discipleship band group. And, um, Two of two of the two of the guys I'm in there with were actually a part of that uh, the 1970 oh, wow. revival, and so to hear their perspective, the similarities again, it was kind of something that wasn't manufactured. It wasn't, um, you know, there's no self-proclaimed prophets. There's no like big name people attack. It just happened, you know, and just kind of the sovereign kind of outpouring of the spirit and among started among, you know, college students, and it's, you know, loosely kind of led still by that. And I think that was the unique feature was it kind of went out. And I think that would be my prayer. And I think that's where a lot of people who I know who are coming in are saying, we want to, we want to catch that and take it back out. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's kind of would be, I think God's heart is, you know, I don't think people have to you know, come to Asbury to get it. I think if the components that led up to the revival, what I would say here, Chad, is people have been praying for this for months, uh, maybe years. I know people on this campus that have taught and, you know, live here that have been praying. The Lord's been speaking to them about praying for another revival. And I think these things were all precursors to what hit last week. And that would be my encouragement to leaders in Houston and around the world to just pray for God to really pour out his spirit, to renew the hearts of people. I think 
the other common factors. One is prayer preceding it. Two is praying for the, this generation that mm -hmm. they catch it, that it's not top down, you know, uh, but, but it's, and you see this in the history of revivals is oftentimes it's, it's, it starts among young people when they really catch the fire and the vision for renewal in their day. And one of the things that really stood out to me, Chad, was, you know, this is a historic, I mean, the old wooden seats, you know what I mean? These are like early 1900 seats, yeah. like, and it's a beautiful kind of old, you know, the, the, the sanctuary just has a lot of dark wood. So it looks like something from the early 1900s. Um, it, it, the seats are not comfortable at all. But I, on the on the back of the sanctuary is this big and in, in silver lettering says holiness under the Lord. Yeah. And as I was in there kind of praying and thinking, it's 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 kind of like, I think, a revival of holiness for this generation. It's a call back to the holiness and to the beauty of the Lord. And, and I think that's what not just young people, I think we all need to be called back to that a revival of holiness and beauty. Man, I love that. I got chills when you talked about that. And I remember I see that. I've seen a lot of like, you see all the videos coming in. So it's obviously all over social media. And that's one of the things that has stood out to me, holiness and to the Lord, seeing that um, yeah. above where things are happening. So that's, that's great. Um, I appreciate your thoughts on prayer there too. We're actually in the middle of a season we're calling Awake in Houston, where we're praying for God to move in Houston. So this comes mm -hmm. at a comes at a great time, and we, you know we're dreaming dreaming about revival. We're longing for it here in Houston. Um, and personally, I don't see revival as necessarily a meeting or a series of meetings. Yes. You know, things happen in meetings, but uh, right. I've seen many definitions of revival over the years. I like how uh, Owen Roberts puts it. He says he defines revival as an extraordinary movement of the Holy Spirit producing extraordinary results. Uh, so yep. the Holy Spirit's always working, right? Uh, but there's moments where it becomes extraordinary, extraordinary in the life of the yes. believer is, you know, there's a more profound sense of sin, like you're talking yep. about with the holiness, there's open confession, repentance, uh, move towards more obedience. And then there also seems to be really an extraordinary effect of effects of the revival, whether it be social yep. action or new zeal for evangelism, new burden for prayer, stronger churches, and even new churches. Uh, with your experience writing on movements, I know you've written quite a bit on that. And as you think yeah. about the possibilities of revival as it relates to movement, does anything come to mind or excite you that direction? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Duncan Campbell, one of his definitions was, you know, revival is a, a community saturated with God. You know, it's, it's, it's God, you know, it's, it's not, there's a personal component, but there's a community component. And what, what happens inwardly must always kind of overflow outwardly. And so one of the things I look at in Marks of a Movement is that early dynamics of early, the early Wesleyan revival, which, you know, Great Awakening, the Wesleys, the difference between the Wesleys and Whitfield, you know, Whitfield was this incredible preacher that preached to the masses and, you know, was really kind of a catalyst for the revival. But what the Wesleys did was they had the discipleship structure to come alongside to keep the people that came to faith, and then to mobilize them to send them out. And I think that's what we need in this moment, isn't just people coming to a gathering. Nobody, you know, no, the world doesn't need that. What we need is people who are experiencing renewal or an outpouring to go back out into the world in mission to make disciples. And that's, that's how movements begin to happen. You know, it's not just some big crusade but what we need is people being mobilized for mission and i think 
the, 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 the balance that I'm excited about the potential of this, Chad, and I know you get it and what you all are trying to do there um, with the Houston network is, you know, disciple making church planning, but that alone um, can tend toward pragmatism. But if we have Christ and the power of the spirit and renewal and prayer, and you bring these things together, those were the dynamics of that early um, kind of uh, great awakening movement that multiplied. And that's what we want to see. And so that's kind of my prayer is that, man, this moves forward in, in movement and begins to spread to make disciples of the nations. That's great. That's great. Give me, okay, I got one more question for you. Um, I was looking, I found a quote uh, from the, a former president there at Asbury, Dennis uh, Kinlaw. He said, talking about the 70 revival in 1970, he said, give me one divine moment when God acts, and I say that moment is far superior to all the human efforts of man throughout the centuries. And I want, I want that for Houston. I know pastors listening to this uh, interview today want that for our city. Um, you know, and, and as we dream about Houston, you know, I think it was in the first great awakening that 15% of the people became new believers and followed Jesus for the first time. So I think about if something were like that to happen today, that's a million people uh, becoming new followers of Christ in Houston, just in greater Houston, a million and, you know, talk about impact on a city. And so we're praying that direction. And just as you think about us in Houston, uh, what advice do you have? Is there anything for us here in Houston that are longing for revival and praying for revival uh, that you pass along to us? Yeah, I, I love that. One of my favorite quotes is, you know, John Knox, you know, give me Scotland or I die. And one of the things I love about you, Chad, is I, you, your heart is Houston you know, and that's where God's planted you. That's, that's your vision, your path. You know, you, you, if, if I cut you, you're going to, you're going to bleed Houston. And I think that's the starting point. I think praying together, I think corporate prayer, people praying for a revival, doing the stuff every day, um, gathering together. There's something about the corporate prayer that precedes um, uh, you know, these, these revivals. And again, the thing that's amazing is, um, there have been these groups coming. I've got friends that, you know, you, you kind of take it for granted, like, Hey, Winfield, you know, the Lord's led me to come here to pray for revival on Asbury's campus. I've got a friend that leads a global prayer movement that was here a month ago and we were hanging out praying and he's like, Hey, I'll be back on the day of prayer, you know, which is next Thursday. And we're praying for revival. And then this thing hits before, the, you know, everyone's like, we're going to pray for revival on this day. And, and then the revival hits. And that's where it's a sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. You know, J.I. Packer says revivals, you know, God's quickening visitation of his people. It's kind of it's it's where God just shows up and you don't know where, when you can't, you know, to, to quote myself in Marks of a Movement, you can't manufacture a movement. But what you can pray for is you can pray for for God to pour out his spirit, to bring people, to see people come to faith and to mobilize disciples. And so you guys are doing the right stuff. Pray. I mean, that's pray bold prayers. Lord, give, give us Houston or we die. Lord, reclaim our nation for Christ. God, pour out your spirit on this generation. And I think uh, if, if if I could say, I've never seen anything like this um, in my entire lifetime. When I walked in there, I was blown away. And a friend of mine from Christianity Today was up two days ago, and I hadn't been across the street. And I just, 
you know, the crowds. And I met him up on the top of the campus. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. And there were thousands of people. I, I've never seen anything like it. And there's such a hunger. And so my prayer is that that the Lord would um, pour out his spirit across our nation and his world, and that he would renew this generation with holiness unto the Lord. And so that's my prayer for those of you in Houston, for the leaders that are on this call, uh, that God would fan the flames of revival there, um, that we would see an awakening in our day. God is doing it. Um, I was two nights ago walking just outside on the campus at 930 at night. And to see all these people out there praying, not even able to get into the there. Let me just paint a picture. Hughes Auditorium probably seats maybe close to a thousand, completely full, probably a thousand people waiting in line. Across the street on Asbury side, we have two major um, chapels, completely full, overflow, completely full with probably a 1,500 people between the two of them. Uh, the Methodist Church, which probably seats five to a thousand, I don't, I don't know what the seating is, completely full with capacity, hundreds of people in the lawn praying. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Like God is pouring out His Spirit; He's reviving the hearts of His people. And yeah, you have, you know, those, those that are uh, embracing, those that are critiquing. If people are praying in the name of Jesus and seeking revival and renewal. You know, what could be bad with that? Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Well, Winfield, I'm grateful for you. I uh, appreciate you and the the rest of the leadership there at the college and seminary, the way you're stewarding things there and uh, continue to look forward to watching uh, what God has in store, not only for Asbury and Wilmore, but uh, Houston and beyond. So thanks again for your time today. And I'll send it back to the regional sites now. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chad. God bless. 